Last week, I spoke about authority. I took the chief priests and the elders' question, by what authority do you do these things? And framed it for our lives here at St. Paul's. My uh, sermon review committee approved the sermon and actually rated it quite well. So I have no hesitation in saying that if you wish to have more context for today's sermon, please listen to last week's sermon online or pick up the printed version after the service. Today is the usual second attempt by Jesus to respond to his critics. And as expected, the second attempt is much more strong, direct, and in all honesty, stunningly intelligent and in your face. But more interestingly, it is a variation on the Old Testament text for today. They both share the same theme. One is more poetic, the other more lo located in the life of the critics. Even more interesting is that today's epistle is also all about authority. In the case of the epistle, the audience is not critics, but Christians in their infancy in need of clarity and loving direction. So, what is the theme? Isaiah and Jesus are focused on the fact that you were chosen to be God's people, but you did not live according to the promise. And now, that beautiful vineyard, that God's original intent and plan, has to be placed in someone else's care. For those of you who enjoy Hebrew poetry, this is a poetic play with words. He expected justice, mishpah, but saw bloodshed, mishpah, righteousness, zedekah, and heard a cry, ziekah. Of course, the use of the words is much more than poetic preference. Where justice is expected, the antithesis of justice, bloodshed, is done. And where righteousness is expected, a cry. What does it mean, a cry? So let me digress a little and say that justice and righteousness in the Old Testament almost always go together. You cannot have justice and without righteousness. We seem to have abandoned that nexus, I feel, but that is another story for another day. The point is that there is a strong relationship between the two. And it does fit well into the worldview of the scriptures that without a right relationship with God, there is really no possibility of justice. Primarily because justice is God's, not ours, to think through and execute. 
So, where there should have been a right relationship with God, there is a desperate cry, a painful voice that is aimed at everyone and yet at no one. As a consequence of not living up to the expectations for a chosen people, the vineyard has to be destroyed or given under someone else's care. And that is a harsh and painful message, even to the most sinful and wayward person. Yet that is what Jesus says to the chief priest and elders who, in their own minds, are of course not the violators of justice and righteousness. But we often do not read the harshness of this message because we like to think of ourselves as those who have received the promise because someone else could not keep it. So for us, it is all good news. Well, if it makes you feel better, that is what the chief priests and the elders were also thinking, still Jesus threw the punchline. But that is not the point today. The point is simply that the story of the vineyard does not have to end that way. We can understand it like Paul too. We can begin to consider all the privilege as rubbish and focus on nothing else but to be in relationship with God through Christ. Because it is when we are in Christ that we receive the right relationship with God. So what does it mean to have a right relationship with God through faith in Christ? Well, this is when I remind you that this sermon is a sequel to last week's sermon. So the issue is authority. Let's not lose focus of that very important aspect. And by what authority? Certainly not the one that you and I can exert through our own reasoning, but the one that God affords. In that authority is healing, reconciliation, and the vastness of God's love. With that said, faith in Christ is not is not an idea. It is not an emotion either. So just as Christ cannot be found in a book that sits nicely on a shelf, Christ can also not be found in raised hands and loud proclamations of Alleluia alone. Faith in Christ is that which transforms a life to produce fruits that are distinct. Fruits like non-envious love, like humility, like willingness to lay down our life for the good of the other, etc. That's what makes a community a distinctively Christian community. Our calls for justice that serve our own interests 
our exhibition of our own pride in our own selfhood, our insistence on setting the rules for the ocumene, all those are not the marks of faith in Christ. Those are the struggles that we need to overcome to preserve our faith in Christ. The good news is that it is possible. Not because of our own righteousness, but because of God's authority. Isn't it wonderful that God has planted the vineyard? Isn't it wonderful that God has given it his best? Isn't it wonderful that that best is his son, Jesus Christ? Isn't it awesome that we can find in Jesus' story our salvation? So then, let's keep the focus and press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen.